Accomplishment Coaching is proud to present the following fine programming. Accomplishment Coaching, where coaches lead and leaders coach. AccomplishmentCoaching.com. Welcome to The Coaching Show with your host, Master Certified Coach, Christopher McCollum. Thank you, Dick Warren. And that is the voice of Dick Warren, a long time a long time icon in uh, here in San Diego, California, where I live. Hey, Alex, where do you live? I also live in San Diego, California. You know, like right down the street, not pretty, pretty close to you, right? You haven't forgotten. Well, let's, Are you let's taking your medicine? You've been, you've been to my house, but have I, uh, uh, did I miss an invitation? Cause you, you bought a part, part of California, right? You own, you own a thing now. Yeah. Really small, small, really small space in California. <laughs> oh, don't be self-deprecating. I'm sure it's a beautiful it is. studio. It's, it's so, great. <laughs> yeah. It's a studio. <laughs> so are we going to talk about your new look? What's happening there? You put the short sides and a sort of a faux hawk. Would you call that a faux hawk? I don't know that this is a, this is like, you know, do you not look at me? Do you not pay attention to me? I now understand like what the problems in your marriage are. The more, the longer we spend together, like so much more evolves. I understand what your wife must feel like. Or I should probably start a support group. I hear you and I see you, Alex. Um, so what's uh, anything you want to share with the class? Because I, I had a week off. I had a vacation. Well, we should hear about your baseball, your baseball adventure. Um, My baseball odyssey, yeah. Yeah, I, I want to say we we launched, you know, we I think you and I talked about this for the last month or two. Evan and I launched the Your Love Adventure, right, with our with with our participants, women that wanted to find love in a new and different way, not, you know, just swiping on apps or going to bars. And it's not it's work. not a ripoff of The Bachelor. You just took it and you turned it into something that real people could experience, right? I mean, it's obviously very similar to The Bachelor in the sense of like you have this bachelorette or this person. But the catch here is, first of all, we're not making people live together. We're not filling them with booze and hoping they make like dumb decisions. And we're actually they're supported by their friends who choose who the winner is. They don't choose who the winner is. And the three women that are doing this adventure with us just launched like just made it public to their communities online. And this all happened at the end of last week. So they're almost one week in telling the world and it is pretty nuts. I mean, it's, it's right. I did it the first time and we would talk about me putting myself out there, but now watching people do it from the outside and then looking at it from a coaching standpoint, right? Looking at where someone goes, well, I don't want to share it because that feels aggressive. Right. Right. Yeah. And like getting to coach it just someone. magically happen. Everybody knows that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the thing that's blown my mind the most is for some reason, love and relationship is what most of us want more than anything. And yet we're willing to do the least to get it right. Yeah. Like if we want a job, we'll hustle and we'll grind. If we want a puppy, we'll search every place everywhere. Right. But love. Nope. Can't do anything. Just got to sit on my hands, complain and wait for someone to find me. Yeah, that's a really great point. All right, so there. So now you say three women, but I have it like there are three individual uh, adventures, right? So yeah. each woman is uh, soliciting—that's a terrible word—inviting uh, people to apply to go on some sort of a date or adventure or love. Uh, yeah. Thing so or each something. woman created. One woman is taking uh, the, her her winning man to uh, Santa Fe, New Mexico. One woman to Palm Springs, and one woman woman on a coastal trip up California. They each created their own their own actual adventure, like what they would be doing, how it would work. Um, we really supported them in the before about the mindsets, their relationships to dating, um, partnership, who they're, what, you know, this idea of like, well, that's not my type. Well, what is that, right? Often our type ends up being, you know, your type had you be engaged, what, how many times? Uh, this many times, five. Uh, but it's, it wasn't until I realized that hot and crazy was not my type. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, so yeah. So now, so now they're in the, and then we just brought in, it was really cool. We got to bring in all their little friend, like not their little friends, their, their little they're, friends. They're, wow. They're, Condescending much. Yeah. Their, te their team that's supporting them. There we go. And it's really, really cool to see how people are excited by this, whether they're married or not married. And then people reach out to us and like, I want to do this. Nobody realizes the confrontation that it takes, right? That, that, that this putting themselves out there in this way, like triggers a lot for a lot of people. 
We're also seeing the other side, right? I, I think women are so much braver than men. And I think this is such a good example of it. I put myself out there and women were applying, like they just threw caution to the wind. Right. Women put themselves out there. And I think men are more like, nah, I don't want to fill out this application. I don't want right. to apply, right? And I, I think it's more of a defense. Men have more fear of putting themselves out there like that. Yeah. Plus it's a comparison thing, right? It's like, am I going to show up as more or less uh, desirable or attractive or as a compatible than somebody else? And I don't know about you, but I hate to lose. Yeah. I, I just don't play games where I could lose. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody smart would do that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Great, great strategies. All right. So, well, I'm very excited to hear the updates and, you know, to see how they work out. Now things, speaking of working out, how is your, uh, you know, stuff working out? Because not only did you go on the Tulum dating adventure that you created. Not only did you find the woman, actually your friends sort of team supported you in selecting the woman, but that now you're not only in a relationship, but she lives at your house. The call is coming from inside the house. Yeah, it would really spoil this whole pitch that I just did. If I was like, it's terrible, help me. Yeah. This is a call for help. <laughs> uh, first, before I say that, if men listening, go to yourloveadventure.com and check out these three women, see who's right for you and apply. Uh, um, it's going great. I, I think, um, the best thing about the whole experiment was because of the trip and because of the speed, it forced us to like actually get to know each other on a deeper level than the surface level conversations that you often have when you're dating. And then because of the speed that we've actually done any, everything it's done that right. Living together pretty quickly. It's, it's kind of done the same thing. It's actually, forcing us to have conversations that we might not have had for a year, two years, who knows. And I think both of us like want that. We're actually you not know, interested. Aren't you missing like the boyfriend, girlfriend fun part of like, Ooh, I'm going to dress up instead. It's like, could you close the door? <laughs> uh, no, I, I don't think I, th you know what? Look for me at this point, 40, 40 years old, been oh my God. dating for, you know, I don't know however many since i was a teenager like 25 of them yeah yeah uh, you know it's like it's like i've been there done that you know it's like okay. i'm actually i'm actually up for this um right. so you know all right as long, well, as, I as long as i behave and do everything that she wants then things are great <laughs> I, I, know you, I, don't, I can't say anything what? I want to make sure we get to hear just a sec, because you do this great thing that you've inspired me you take this trip with your children not together, yep. but you do these trips, you do a trip by yourself, you do a trip with your wife, you do a trip with each of your kids. And right. I, I really love this thing that you get relationship time with each of these people separately. Um, and you just went on this trip with your son to, I think, baseball stadiums, right? Like, what did, right. what was that like? And what do you get from it? So first of all, the, the context is ever since he was six, because he's a baseball fan and I am too, we've been doing this. So three stadiums a year, one trip where it's just the two guys and we go and we uh, check out baseball stadiums. And we're now up to we're over 20 and there are 30 total. So I've got a couple more years of this. He's 12. And um, this year it was Denver, uh, Oakland, and phoenix and what i want to tell you has nothing to do with the baseball stadiums here's what you need to do everybody within the sound of our voices or view of our suites or whatever needs to do is go on this train trip so we flew to denver and then after watching the games there we took the train across the rockies from denver to uh, the bay area emeryville the California Zephyr. It's this iconic train, no Wi-Fi. I had a 12-year-old boy with no Wi-Fi for like 37 hours, right? And on a limited space where we can't like run around or I can't tell him to go outside and play because, you know, going pretty fast. Um, and the train trip is miraculous and beautiful, just like you've always heard. The Rocky Mountains, you get to all the levels and all the different temperate zones on the way up and on the way down. But you also go through uh, Utah with its magnificent stone formations and mesas as far as the eye can see. And then you go across, sadly, you go across the uh, salt flats at night, but you wake up and you're in the desert of Nevada. And then you go through the Sierra Nevada, which is, you know, very Tahoe-like. It looked a little like Disney does, you know, the Bear Mountain thing at Disney. And then um, you come out and you're in the Bay Area and you can see the magnificence of San Francisco and all that. Gorgeous, wonderful, wonderful 37 hours for us. Um, also oakland oakland stadium the fans are mad everybody's mad the stadium is old 
the players are mad, everybody's mad, and it's empty. So if you're in the Bay Area, you know, go see an Oakland game. Like, go go enjoy what you got while you got it, because something's going to happen there. Oh, we had a great time. It and- sounds like a great place to exercise your anger. Take your anger to the Oakland Stadium <laughs> no, and watch the game. That's right. Wait, so what did you what did you get from this? You never want to be vulnerable with me. It's like this is again back to me and your wife feeling the same things. What did you get from this experience of being with just you and your son for you know, I get I'm guessing like it's probably was easier when he was little, right? And as he becomes more into his teenage years, I can only imagine if I was doing this with my dad around 12, I'm at I'm getting to that point where I, I was like, I don't want to be with my dad. I don't want people to see me with my dad. Well, you know, uh, Jerry Seinfeld has that great line about a vacation is when you take your family someplace else to argue. And uh, I think that what happens on these trips is, number one, we don't argue. Like at home, you know, there can be a fight about everything. It's breakfast, feed the dog. Did you feed the dog? Will you feed the dog? When are you going to feed the dog, right? But on a vacation like that, it's like we're partners. And I'm learning to, as you just pointed to, to treat him as a person instead of, you know, somebody I'm completely in charge of. And man, I think the biggest the biggest eye-opener for me was how much I like this kid. Like, if he were somebody else's kid, I think I would just be like, that's a great kid. And then I get home and I'm all like, I really like you, son. And he's like, whatever, dad. You know, I got no time for this nonsense. So thanks for asking. And I know that we've taken a lot of time just jabbering on, but it was really a beautiful experience. And um, uh, is he gonna cry? No, just <laughs> uh, I'm a little wistful, you know. I also had the opportunity to talk to a couple of giants in coaching, like when I was in Colorado. My friend Patrick Williams, who's like one of the, you know, ICF Circle of Distinction Award winners. I didn't even know there was such a thing. Uh, came out to the game, and last night I had I was privileged to have dinner with Jay Perry, who's another you know was around when the ICF was just an idea and worked with Thomas Leonard and stuff. And um, I'm so I'm a little wistful there too because there are so many giants in our industry who are either winding down their work or you know um, getting to a place where they're looking to offload their work, their IP and their all their brilliance. And they just don't have a place to put it for the most part. You know what I mean? So I'm going to do more. Uh, I'm going to maybe do, break off and do some interviews with these folks and so we can capture some of that brilliance. And I don't know how I got there from my kid, but I did. So Yeah. Well, I mean, I know these, these, uh, these people because we did, I helped you create the, um, oh man, I'm blanking on what we called it. It's a podcast. Trailblazer. Yeah, Trailblazers of Coaching, which is available to people on Spotify and Apple. I think there's like 10 episodes where you sat down with them and just had candid conversations about everything about life. So that's awesome. All right. Shall we uh, get to our guest who has been patiently waiting this whole time? Um, Go ahead. Don't let me stop you. (laughs) We're going to work out this partnership thing if it kills us. The delightful Carrie Leaf is joining us today. She's a practicing psychotherapist, holistic mindset coach, and hypnotherapist. I mean, just pick something. <laughs> An undergraduate degree in psychology with a minor in sociology. She's worked in the field of psychology in a variety of settings. She's also a mother to two twin toddler boys, everyone's nightmare, and a stepmother to their older brother and sister as well. A fur baby mom and a, and a just a delightful human being. Welcome to our microphones, Carrie Leaf. Hello. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for being had, as we like to say. Hey, look around outside. Where do you find yourself today? I am in West Des Moines, Iowa today. Beautiful place to be from. Um, (laughs) The thing that I notice is right up front, you're doing a lot of stuff. You're a multidisciplinary person. I guess my question is, do you choose how do you choose what modality to to work with someone with and and how can you help alex those are two different questions (laughs) 
Yes. Well, I, I have a central approach in general, no matter who I'm working with or what for. So um, I tend to keep things very, I take a holistic approach. I want to look at mind, body, spirit, soul, whichever one word you want to use there, but integrating all three. Um, and then the mindset piece I focus on and I understand that that can mean a, a lot of different things, but looking at um, bringing the subconscious thoughts to the conscious mind and working in that way, whether that's, you know, EMDR coaching, hypnotherapy, they're all, all no matter what modality I'm using um, with clients, they're going to center around the holistic piece and the mindset piece. <laughs> Do people hire you as a coach? Do they hire you as a therapist? Like, how do they know? Whoa, I had, that was a rookie uh, podcast mistake. Um, uh, Everybody look at Alex. Remember um, your question. Uh, so do people hire you as, right? Like people come to me and Christopher, right? There's no confusion. But yeah. with you, you have all these options. Do I just hire you to work with you? It's a, like, I get Carrie Leaf and then all of her toolbox comes with it. Or do I have to be specific? Like, Carrie, I'm hiring you as a coach or I'm hiring you as a therapist. What's the, how does that work? It is confusing. And, and there's, so there's distinctions that I have to make when somebody reaches out. One is going to be, where do you reside? Because with the therapy piece, I'm licensed in Iowa. You have to be in Iowa for me to um, bill insurances. Uh, if you, if you plan to use your insurance, then you've got to be a resident in Iowa. Now they, you know, since COVID there's more options with telehealth, you can be anywhere in the state um, and we could do virtual but I cannot do virtual telehealth psychotherapy using insurance anywhere outside of Iowa. Um, now, if you want to come for coaching, then we can, we can, we, you can be anywhere in the world. Now, then there is a difference between I cannot do psychotherapy and coaching in, in my coaching practice. So if you have a clinical diagnosis, you know, um, PTSD, um, some kind of variation of anxiety, like it's you're clinically diagnosed and we've got to work with that. I cannot do psychotherapy in a coat with a coaching client. So those are the, the big distinctions there. And it is, it is a little bit confusing. That's for sure. Do you, do you ever find that you're working with, you know, as a coach, we'll be working with a client that seemingly was, you know, I want to say like nothing ever came up and then all of a sudden something comes up that might be in the realm of therapy. Do you, do you refer yourself out? Or are you like, we should, we should do a separate session with me as a therapist. Do you just like how to, it's, it's interesting. Cause there, it, this is a new, this is a newer, I want to say space where therapists are also becoming coaches. Whereas I don't think coaches are also becoming therapists. Right. Right. And, and exactly that. And I think coaches or therapists really are navigating that for, you know, in different ways and for a lot of different reasons. Um, but absolutely. So that is kind of a screen in the beginning that I'm going to, you know, as any coach, I, I would hope, you know, is doing, you know, it, do you have a clinical diagnosis already? Um, but then I have to do, you know, kind of my own assessment, um, very variation of assessment to see if I'm seeing anything that could look like that before we jump in um, and bring that to their attention. If I do, if we do come across that once we're already going and we're coaching, that would be me referring outside to another therapist because we've already developed this relationship as a coach and it's to stay as a coach. And so those separations that, you know, at this point are, are important. I want to, I want to talk about mindset because you, uh, as I said, you're a holistic mindset coach and I can hear those words, but I don't know really what it means. Can you support me in, in understanding? Yeah, I didn't, I, I had a hard time nailing down <laughs> that title and I still, I still question. Um, but those were, like I said, the two things that, uh, are central to my practice. So if you are coming to me, you are going to know that I'm going to take a holistic approach. I will, we will talk about the mind, body, and the spirit, the soul, where you're at with those, those things are, they're, they're areas that I'll, um, 
explore with you because they're just not, they're, they're too deeply interconnected. They're too deeply interconnected. And in my practice, when I go that holistic route, that is where I have seen the most success, the most progress with clients every time. Um, and then, like I said, the mindset piece, working on delving into negative and limiting beliefs. So whatever is your issue, what's your problem? Um, is it something in your career? Is it relationships? Uh, what, whatever your issue might be, we're going to identify the negative, the limiting beliefs around behind underneath that issue. Um, and, and dig in, understand where those come, came from so we can reprocess and replace those with healthy, uh, positive adult brain beliefs that are going to help you move forward. I think you overestimate me, but thanks. Um, the, <laughs> let's talk about that for a moment. It, uh, my sense is that you're seeing themes as you work with people, right, in, in whatever modality that you're seeing themes, maybe because of the times we live in, pandemic, war, deep division. Uh, it, is there a basic mindset that if you could wave your magic wand, you would have everybody either take on or, or address? Is there something that you see sort of underlying most of the people you're talking to these days? Yes and no. Um, I, I follow, if I'm doing psychotherapy, I follow the EMDR therapy approach. Um, and, and there's a set list of some common negative beliefs. Um, and you know, if I'm doing coaching, I have to tweak that a little bit. But um, the big ones I would say that I see hit the list the most often would be I'm not good enough and I'm not in control. So it must be tough because you have to be like true and true when people bring that, right? <laughs> um, you also, so this is great. So there's therapy, there's coaching, and then you wrote a book called Therapize Yourself, right? That's, I'm getting the title right, right? You got it right. It's not a real word. You got it right. <laughs> yeah. And I think like, it's it's not a real word, but it's a word that like, I, my mom's actually a therapist. We've, there's a, you know, I feel like it's a joke that people are like therapizing themselves and it's not a real thing. Right. But I actually do, I do think it's a real thing, right? Like when we're, when I'm, when I'm sitting with my, you know, girlfriend and I'm being reprimanded for something I did and I'm sitting there and in my head, I'm trying to hear, I'm obviously joking, but I'm, I'm hearing what the upset is on her side. And my brain is, is, is wanting to just defend, defend, defend. And I'm catching myself going, just, just let her, like, let her share. You don't need to defend, like you're not under attack. Right. To me, that's like me actually coaching or doing therapy with myself. Right. I'm like, it's, it's having some awareness around what's going on and talking to myself and having me act different. Um, what is therapizing yourself to you? What's, what is it and what's the book about? Yeah, a little bit, you know, of what you just said, exactly. The idea, you know, there's a couple of different reasons for using that title, but the, the big message is that we are our own um, best self healers. We're, we're the only experts on ourselves. You know, I may be an expert in my field. You may be an expert coach. There's expert psychiatrists, you know, on and on, but nobody is in your head hearing your thoughts, feeling your feelings, experiencing what your physical symptoms are arising. Nobody is there except for you. So we are our own best self healers. And um, when we, we can bring our intuition or our subconscious up and we can get to know ourselves better, we are the only ones that heal ourselves. You know, it's not one thing. It's not something that an expert says. It's not um, a magic pill. It's all of the things. It's all of the things together. If we choose to face them, address them, learn ourselves, take care of ourselves, learn learn coping skills, self-care, um, and, and accept help. We are the ones that heals, heal ourselves. Nobody else can do that for us. We're just going for guidance and help and assistance. Right. So, um, that big message is, is take charge, take charge of healing and, um, empowering yourself and, and growing and self-development. Um, 
And then the other part behind the book, it's really my step-by-step approach. Like I said, whatever you're coming to me for, I'm still going to walk you through this kind of standard process of a very thorough assessment so I can get um, a big picture of your whole life, you know, basically from the day you were born, as much as you can remember what you've gone through, your parents, your family, your relationships with them, your dating experiences, your job, all the things. So I can listen and watch and see, you know, where, you know, systems and and negative beliefs might have started to develop. And we're going to scan environments. We're going to look at your relationships, your career, your financials, um, your spirituality, your faith, your religion, your health. How are you sleeping? How are you eating? We're looking at all of these environments in your life to get that big picture of who you are. And when we, when I get that big picture, then we can start understanding, you know, the pieces to the puzzle and we can work on getting a solid um, wellness foundation because that mind and body, that, that mind and, you know, gut connection, um, if we're trying to deep dive into some negative belief systems that you've had since you were five years old and they've just been snowballing, but you're a little bit in crisis mode or fight or flight, you know, nine out of 10 days because you're sleeping two hours at night and you're fighting with your spouse all the time and you eat cheeseburgers every day. And, you know, you're, (laughs) you're inflamed from your body's inflamed from sugar, or you have too much caffeine. We can't, we don't have a solid foundation to deep dive into those lower level, your deeper level, you know, process and issues. Um, So we want to get a little bit of a a foundation, a baseline. um, And then we can, we can dive in. And that's kind of the step-by-step approach that the the book explains my process doing that and then also allows you to do that and have some exercises on your own whether you do it once or you come back in six months or you do it next year or in five years you can you know we don't stay the same so you can keep reevaluating see where you're at see if you're you know you've let any areas any environments of your life slide lately um And my hope also with the book was that it's, you know, if you've never jumped into any kind of therapy or coaching, or you've never asked for help, I hope that you can read the book and say this, okay, I see what this is like. It might not be that bad because a lot of times the the biggest, hardest, scariest part is the asking for, for help booking that session. So great. I, I'm really impressed that, you know, I, I, I think of so many examples where such a searing sort of personal inventory is valuable and necessary for all of us. And I don't know about y'all, but I, you know, I don't do that regularly. Like, like Alex was talking about earlier, like sometimes we attend to, you know, my trash is out every week, but do I check in on my, you know, every area of my life with any regularity? Not usually. So I appreciate that. I I do have a question and forgive me if this sounds a little bit uh, suspicious, but therapy, as we know, is mostly based in a diagnostic model. It was, it was originally a medical model. And even with um, cognitive behavioral and EMDR and lots of valuable developments in that, it's sort of a different thing than coaching, right? Coaching is co- totally client-led. And if the client wants to join the circus, we talk about the circus. How do you reconcile that? Because I imagine some of you is diagnosing all the time. You probably already diagnosed Alex. And, um, the, another part of you knows that your job, at least as a coach and, and maybe even as a hypnotherapist, is to sort of be open to wherever the client wants to go. How do you navigate that? Or, or do you, really, do you have any tips for the rest of the people that might be navigating that? Yeah, just very carefully. <laughs> you know, it, it, is a, it is a bit of a struggle um, navigating that in general. I definitely believe that... Um, all of our disciplines being so segregated, you know, the medical model, and then, you know, the body's over here and the mind's over here and and faith and spirituality is over here and they're all separate. I don't, I don't like that. I don't buy into that. That's why I take the holistic approach. Um, So yeah, I'm probably not standard in in the way we're typically trained, you know, to separate those things. Um, I had some fantastic training and, and, my schooling and in, in systems theory, which does bring all of those things in more than a lot of other um, training. But 
I have always been a big believer that you, you don't, you, you do meet the client where they're at and you don't work harder than they are. And you, I, I always kind of remind myself and I remind the client, um, if they're in therapy, like diagnosis, take them with a grain of salt. They can be very helpful if we're struggling to understand what we're working with or what area we should go down. For example, some, you know, anxiety and depression can overlap. ADHD can look like anxiety. Certain things can look like other things. And sometimes you do want to take the time to pull those apart, especially if you're talking medication and going the medication route. We want to know what we're working with specifically as much as we can through diagnostic testing. Um, I don't test. I'm not a psychologist, so I would refer clients out. Um, But otherwise, if we're not working specifically with a diagnosis, maybe the diagnosis isn't all that necessary. Maybe I just see, oh, your, your anxiety is a little heightened beyond what's healthy. Right. Um, and so maybe we know that we've got to work on some adjustment issues. Maybe they're just going through a life transition. I'm meeting them where they're at, but I'm definitely keeping that diagnosis you know, pro, like I said, pros and cons, take it with a grain of salt. Sometimes that, that label is not helpful and, and can actually be harmful. So again, to answer that question carefully, just navigate it carefully. It's case by case. There was something, oh man, there was something I really wanted to ask you well before Christopher jumped in there and, um, <laughs> I'm like hoping I'm sitting here, like, come back to me. Um, okay. Well, I'll ask you something else. What do you, what do you find? Do you find any intersections between coaching and therapy that people are wanting something similar in, in both? Or do you find that people are often the, the clients that come to you are like, if they come to you for therapy or they come to you for coaching, they're coming for different things, right? What's bringing them to you without you getting involved is the same or different? Hmm. I don't know if it doesn't feel that different to me because of what they're coming for, or it doesn't feel that different to me because of the lens that I naturally look through, right? So if, if I, it, it's really hard to, um, not, not look through all the psychotherapy training and experience that I have, if that makes sense. Um, but I would say that if people come for therapy, they do ask for coaching techniques. Absolutely. Um, and that's, that's always been easier to interweave like um, accountability and, and coaching exercises and things like that in therapy. It's harder to be in coaching and kind of say, stop, slow down. We're, we're heading towards psychotherapy. Yeah. I don't, I like, don't ever imagine somebody like in my, in my mind, people go to therapy and coaches cause they want something to be different right? We're not going because we want everything to stay the same or right? we're like, we clearly want something to be different. And so I know I, I have, I'll have people that are like, I've never done, I've never had a coach or a therapist and they show up to me and they don't really know. They just know they want something different. Mm-hmm. Um, but so I was just curious, like, since you see both, do people show up with, you know, um, what do you, when you're at, you, you pointed to this a second ago too, that uh, therapy clients sometimes want coaching. And I've heard, sometimes I have this conversation with my mom is she'll call me and say, Hey, what are some exercises to move people forward to a specific goal that sometimes, um, I find at least that we could stay in therapy for a long time, just working on, you know, why Christopher held me too much as a baby and how I like, can't get past that. Um, uh, and in coaching the, really, the, the goal is really to move people forward where therapy it's not, it doesn't necessarily have that goal, right? Like it, it could be just to stay with people where they are and let them be there and heal that. Um, 
Tired of presentations with no impact, no inspiration, and no traction? Do dull speakers have you and your team disengaged and distracted by smartphones? Christopher McAuliffe brings energy, insights, and two decades of experience delivered with punch, humor, and heart. Your team will leave energized, uplifted, and with a sense of purpose. Visit ChristopherMcAuliffe.com to bring some heat to your next speaking engagement. M-C-A-U-L-I-F-F-E. ChristopherMcAuliffe.com. Are you seeking to change your career to something that is both fulfilling and challenging? Do you want to help people reach their full potential and strive to achieve their dreams? Would you like to inspire those around you and help create a better world? If you're serious about a career change or just want to explore the craft of personal coaching, contact Accomplishment Coaching with locations across the country in Washington, D.C., Seattle, Chicago, New York City, and San Diego. Accomplishment Coaching is the leading institution in personal coaching. Our staff carefully monitors the entire program live during the training process and have met the strict standards of ICF International to achieve accreditation. Through a focus on quality instruction rather than endless modules of training, Accomplishment Coaching will guide you from your very first step all the way to becoming one of the finest coaches in the world. Visit AccomplishmentCoaching.com to learn more. Accomplishment Coaching, where coaches lead and leaders coach. Christopher McAuliffe is your source for the latest in the world of personal coaching. Whether it be speaking with such luminaries as Deepak Chopra or getting the newest techniques and innovation, The Coaching Show is always on the cutting edge of what's happening now. The Coaching Show is brought to you by Accomplishment Coaching, home of the world's finest coach training program. Here is Christopher McAuliffe, Master Certified Coach. How do you kind of see those things, like that ability to like move people forward or keep them where they are? Yeah, I think you're, you're, you're accurate with, I, I think that's where I lean towards more like EMDR therapy as kind of my bread and butter in, in psychotherapy, because it is, um, it is the, it's the therapy that I have seen the most amount of progress in the shortest amount of time. So we aren't, you know, in the past, if I was doing talk-based therapy only, and we're working on say a traumatic event, I mean, there's people that will, like you said, sit in that traumatic event and process through it talk-based for years. Um, With EMDR therapy, we're talking about seeing the same and then way more progress in a matter of months because of the level of intensity that you're jumping in and and the step-by-step approach. So that is my personal preference. A lot of times is going to the EMDR because I like to see, you know, clients, yes, address those, those emotional things, sit in it, feel it. You, you can't not feel it when you're jumping into EMDR, you're feeling it. Um, those sessions can get pretty intense, but you're also moving forward really pretty quickly. Will you say what EMDR is for people listening that don't know what that's, that means or stands for? Yeah, it's eye movement desensitization reprocessing. Um, so I'm, I'm not going to get all of the background on it uh, correct, but Shapiro, she is the one that came up with it. And she, I believe, was walking through a path, walking down a path in the woods, maybe. And her eyes were going back and forth, side to side um, along the path, you know, simulating the ways that our eyes um, go when we're, when we're sleeping. You know, they go back and forth when we're sleeping. If you see somebody's eyelids and their clothes, if you're watching someone sleep, that's kind of creepy. But, you know, their eyelids are going, you know, or their eyes are going back and forth underneath their eyelids. Um, the idea, and then she notices as she's doing this, she's able to get into this deep level of thoughts, bring some, some conscious, some subconscious thoughts to her awareness that she hadn't been able to, in in her regular, you know, talking to somebody or thinking, just, you know, pondering herself. But when she did the eye movement, it allowed her to go into deeper level thought. And, um, and so with EMDR, you do the bilateral stimulation, there's lights and buzzers, you get your eyes moving back and forth and you let your brain take over and wander where it may go so that we can bring some of those subconscious thought systems up that we might not normally think of it as like getting in the zone. Um, I used to pitch softball and if you're not in the zone, <laughs> you're distracted and you're, you notice the people in the blunt, the cheer, cheering in the what are those called bleachers? And, you know, you know, you think about all the mistakes you made and the 
you know, what the air you just had. Um, but if you're in the zone, all the mental chatter, all the noise, the everything fades to the background and all you see is that catcher's mitt, right? That's what we're aiming for when we're reprocessing an EMDR is to quiet that, that mental chatter that we're aware of all the time so that we can bring up the subconscious thoughts and focus on those. We're trying to drop into the zone and get into those limiting beliefs and where they came from and that kind of thing. Cause those aren't the things that we're hearing ourselves say on a regular day to day basis, but those are the things that are responsible for the majority of our actions in life, what drives us and why we do what we do. That's really beautifully said and, and helpfully distinguished. Do you mind if I ask another one? Yeah. Because I'm completely unfamiliar with hypnotherapy and a little bit terrified of it. Because like I would never sit in one of those shows, you know, where there's a hypnosis, hypnotist on the stage. Yeah. You may have hypnotized us now. I may be clucking like a chicken. (laughs) Um, Is there, what's the value of that modality as opposed to uh, EMDR, which you clearly are a fan of? Yes. Yeah, definitely. So I am limited on my training in hypnotherapy. You know, it's not as extensive as I would like it to be, but the approach that I take with hypnotherapy, um, I see EMDR as hypnotherapy on steroids, basically. Um, With hypnotherapy, we're getting you into that calm, relaxed, peaceful state of mind. We want you in that feeling where you could fall asleep, but you're not asleep. That feeling like right before you fall asleep or right after you wake up. Um, We want, because again, we want the mind to be clear and quiet. Um, And then we're, I use it a lot for help people quit smoking or lose weight, you know, those kind of behavioral changes. Um, So with hypnotherapy, I'm putting in positive suggestions, you know, quitting smoking is easy. You know, this is the new natural way of life. You never think about it again. We're, we're putting in these positive suggestions and we're writing a new story and a script, um, for the client to have that much more drive and motivation to make these changes. Um, the reason I see EMDR as hypnotherapy on steroids is because we're not just saying the positive belief system. We're also identifying the negative belief system where it developed key experiences in their lives. And we're reprocessing and rewiring those events. We're clearing them out. We're giving them new associations of healthier, more positive belief systems. So we're not just feeding in positive ones. We're clearing out the negative and replacing. Very clear. And just one follow-up, which is I want to remind people because people, you're so passionate about it that it's really enrolling. I know that I'm like, oh, that would probably help me. But Mm -hmm. just a reminder to people that you, Carrie Leaf, can only work in a therapeutic mode with people in the great state of Iowa. Is that true? That is right. Yes. Okay. But you could work with uh, people as a coach in any, anywhere in the world. Yeah. Exactly. Alex, what do you got? You look how, do deep into, thought, how do we get you into therapy? In the, um, <laughs> I I want to when you when you, when I'm listening to you talk about uh, EMDR or hypnotherapy, there's this I don't know if it's from media. There's almost like this idea that like oh we do that like one time we'll be fixed right like you, I'll lie on the couch you'll hypnotize me or we'll do that you know we'll I, I feel like I've seen EMDR like on a show before where they like like a TV show. Um, and I know that's not the case, right? If that was the case, we'd just be like, we'd all be walking around without all our baggage and all our stuff. Um, what's the expectation, right? I, I, I go to therapy, but neither, I don't, it's not hypnotherapy or EMDR. And because I'm really invested, I see things changing really fast, right? I do the work, I'm, I'm willing to, I'm not, I try to get out of my own way. When someone does EMDR, or hypnotherapy, can they expect, you know, is it three sessions, five sessions a year? Could it still be a five-year process um, versus right? Like traditional talk therapy? Well, you made a good point. Like it, it comes down to how motivated and ready, right? Where are you at and the willingness to change stage and, you know, um, being honest and open with yourself. So everyone comes in at different points. Um, and it, it varies for everyone as well, depending on 
what they've got going on in their life, what they want to focus on. So hypnotherapy, I've had clients that have said, I just want to quit smoking, come in, do one session. That's their quick date. They're done. They're good. It was successful. It's amazing. Um, I always book too with the smoking, if they want to quit smoking in case they want to follow up if they're like, yeah, I'm struggling. And, and, but a lot of times they don't use it. So that the, the, to quit smoking cigarettes, that's the one that I've often had just one session, um, you know, for hypnotherapy, for weight loss or um, motivation or other issues like that. I'll, I'll book a handful, three or four, and then some people use them all and some don't. And then I've had a, a handful of clients that do a hypno every single month for a year to keep that ball rolling. It just depends on their own success, their own drive, how much they're putting into it outside um, as well. EMDR also varies, but there's a, there's a, like I said, there's a step-by-step process. We have a setting up phase, you know, and, and a timeline phase and the reprocessing phase. I tell people that maybe I average around 10 sessions before we clear out a past, present and future around hypnotherapy, but I've seen people do it in less. And then I've seen people have it extended, um, a year or more, but often that's because we'll, we'll begin EMDR, but life happens. And so we got to put EMDR on hold and attend to whatever, you know, little fire was going on in their life right then and there. And we address that and we work through that, we process through, and then we can, if, when their life settles a bit, we can jump back into the EMDR. So there's so many variations with that. Well, and I need to know, can we, can you hypnotize us, someone out of anything? Could it be like, you know, I, you hypnotize me to not want sugar anymore, Christopher to like be in a happy marriage? Like what, how far can we, how, 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 I mean, how, how far can you go with, right, with what somebody brings? Sugar is a common one that I do, you know, nutrition and and exercise and weight loss. Um, I have to know what's within my scope and what I'm like trained and experienced. And, and, you know, people have asked for some things that I'm like, Oh, I've never done that. I don't feel like I have enough training on that. You know, the I'm, I, you know, best practice for me is to refer you to somebody else. Cause you know, I just don't feel like I've had the training and experience. So really I do, you know, you talk to another hypnotherapist and I would say, they'd probably say the sky's the limit if, if they got more training in different areas, but I've really kept it around to the smoking, the weight loss. Um, some I've done some test anxiety, um, and then yeah, nutrition and exercise. Those are been, those have been the areas that I've centered around the most. And usually a lot of times we're doing some coaching along with that, you know, and then adding the, the hypno, I like to see hypnotherapy as kind of like, um, a booster, a booster to some therapy or coaching. So it is, so it, we could, in theory, you could do it for anything. I believe so. I won't, but (laughs) does it work? Cause you, you did say sugar is one of the things I think sugar is like probably one of the most common things that people are like, Oh, I just wish I could eat less. Right. Like they, they, I'm a pretty healthy person. And yet I still eat a lot of sugar is it, it seems because so even though it's some of these things are physical, right? There's physical addictions and mental addictions. Like sugar is a, is I think both mm-hmm. the hypnotherapy can address like even the physical side of it. Well, what I like to do is obviously we want to set people up for a success. So I would have done my like big thorough assessment and I would talk about, you know, we can do this hypnotherapy, but if you really want the best chance at success and, and good results, I might send you to a functional medicine provider um, and see where, how your body's doing. Do we need some natural um, plant-based supplements to help you um, get what your body needs? Because maybe your body's turning to sugar or other things because it's not getting enough of something else that it wants. And, you know, when our body isn't getting what it needs, we, we grab quick things and junk because we're not receiving the message properly. So I I would probably, you know, I'm going to check your sleep. Are you sleeping enough? If you're not, you're going to, you're going to probably take more caffeine and sugar in for those boosts. Right. So that's why I do that big thorough assessment because I want that foundation first 
And then we're going to have more success if we add in the hypnotherapy. Yeah. It's work. It's work. It's not magic. (laughs) I mean, Christopher, I could keep going. I mean, you know, like I, I could, we could, I would, I would have you, I would send you away. She would hypnotize me right now to not eat sugar. You know, all my goals would become realities that. Well, number one, move to Iowa. Yes. And then you can talk about it. Um, Carrie, it occurs to me that a lot of people like us are going to be excited to, at, at what you offer and to potentially work with you. Uh, is the best place for them to go, carrieleaf.com, is that C-A-R-R-I-E-L-E-A-F, or is there a, an even better website or a way to reach you? That's the one. That's where most everything is going to be updated. Um, that or I, I try to keep up on Instagram. I'm not the best at Carrie Leaf Coaching. <laughs> Very good. And it's C-A-R-R-I-E-L-E-A-F, like a leaf from a tree or the leaf of a table that I always seem to misplace right when I need it. Um, let's talk about you for a second. So you come across so professionally and so clear on you and your mission and what you're up to. The book is powerful, Therapize Yourself, available at Amazon or at carryleaf.com. What do do you struggle with? What are you dealing with these days? Because when I read your bio, you've got a lot going on. So much going on. And my husband would say to me, you're doing too much. (laughs) Quite often, you're doing too much. Um, Yeah, I've got a lot going on. I like it that way. But sometimes, you know, sometimes we we get busy to avoid other things, right? Um, My biggest thing lately has been the finding a new um, way to work with my physical health, shifting my mindset on my physical health. My boys are four years old now. um, And I didn't feel like I got back into my physical health and my body and where I was feeling like I was just functioning well and right physically until, you know, a couple, a year or two ago, when I went down the functional medicine path, I explored what balance of exercise was good for me. I figured out what, um, foods I'm sensitive to. I addressed, you know, that my liver and my adrenals weren't functioning their best. You know, you have kids and then, and then they're little, and then they stress you out and life stress you, (laughs) stresses you out. And, you know, your body gets out of whack. And, um, so that I would say it's been the biggest thing that I've been working on is getting my physical health back in check and, you know, making sure that I feel like I'm a a good, well-oiled machine so I can have the energy for those little guys and all of the things. Um, at one point I had gone from no allergies somewhere in my twenties, seasonal allergies to somewhere in my thirties allergies year round where I was taking Zyrtec every day. And if I didn't, I felt like I got hit by a bus. Um, I didn't accept that. I don't accept those kind of things are like the aging. We have to get tired and, and overweight. I don't accept those things. Um, I think that we have choices. Of course, some's genetic, but and some's, some's nurture and nature. So I wanted to be as preventative and take care of my health as possible. And, and since I've been going that route, the functional medicine route, I haven't taken I haven't taken Zyrtec for over a year. The allergies have been a non-issue. Um, I realized I was sensitive to oats. I was putting oat milk in my coffee every day and wondering why I had brain fog. <laughs> you know, I really liked it. I, re- I liked it, but my body didn't. Um, and watching things like sugar and flour and, and how I eat. Um and learning to be flexible with those things as well, because I've gone the other direction where um, when I was trying to lose weight for my wedding, I was working on a military base and I started with a, a, a personal trainer there and I was probably the strongest I'd ever been in my life. I was probably the smallest size I'd ever been in my life. Um, I was working and out and lifting weights, you know, three or four times a week. I was running. I was doing all these things and it worked. I lost the weight, but I, my mindset wasn't good. I was obsessive. If I didn't, if I didn't get that workout in, like it was a problem. If I ate more than my calories, it was a problem. I felt bad. And so I really, um, got on that journey with flexibility and what's a healthy 
medium and all of those areas and what's a healthy mindset for me around my physical health. I think that it's so individual for everybody. So we have to go down that journey because what works for me doesn't work for somebody else. So that was a, that was a lot, a long story to say <laughs> some of the things that I've been working on lately. Well, and I appreciate that. I actually appreciate the detail because I think we've all been there, right? You can go really obsessively into something and then it's not what you wanted either, right? There's some right. sort of some, although it's an antiquated notion, there actually is something to the idea of balance, right? Mm-hmm. Um, do you have, I guess what I really wanted to know is like, what support structures do you have in your life or what would you recommend for, you know, our viewers and listeners to create? I'm I'm thinking how important your message is of our our bodies our our well-being first is what mm-hmm. I've heard you say kind of over and over today. Yeah. Uh, and then and then do you have for example therapist um it sounds like you're following a nutrition plan for yourself do you have a coach yourself yeah yeah I have a therapist I have a business coach I um have an exercise routine I have I've really worked hard to get to certain self-care routines like doing chiropractor and gua sha monthly um I keep trying to get my massage in regularly I'm 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 failing on that one. I've got to keep working on that one, but building routines, um, making sure that, uh, I, I don't have much of a social life with my little guys, you know, like we run around, it's, it's the three or four of us a lot, but I also try to build in time for friends, um, spend a lot of time with family and get those balances there. Um, but I've really worked in the last, definitely since having twins, having those systems and those routines, knowing my coping skills, knowing what helps me in the moment when the stress is high, and then knowing my self-care routines, knowing what I should do regularly that helps keep it at bay as much as I possibly can, the preventative steps. So it is, it's, and again, it's a journey and that's a process. It's learning yourself and what works. I love that last piece about like learning yourself. I, I feel like I've mastered like discipline, routine, habit, but what I haven't mastered, which I'm working on is like actually listening to my body. Yeah. Right. Like that. It's just like, I got to work out, right? The, the routines became like milit- militant, got to meditate, got to work out, got to eat this way, got to work on my business like this, right? Do all these things and never saying, wait, right? Like, do I actually like, th- does this type of workout or does this diet? I even had a thing recently where I went every time I drink the smoothie, it actually doesn't feel good. It's like, my body doesn't want it. That yeah. even though it's healthy ingredients, it might, that, that the season of my body is different than it used to be or something. And to be paying attention to those things. Um, so I love hearing you say, you know, you were doing all the right things, but it always wasn't, it was, they're like the right things, right. That we say, but they're not always the right thing for us. Right. Or the amounts or the frequency. Right. And you also it's said something that I just love. <laughs> When you, when you drop, you know, you were, you were pushing yourself really to get in shape for your wedding <laughs> and like, right. We create these models of like, I got to get in shape for this vacation or this wedding, which takes us full circle back to what you started with. Like, we're not good enough. Yeah. Right. We're not good enough the way we're not good enough to get married the way that we look, or we can't go on that beach vacation the way that we are. Right. Um, right. Or even in the coaching world, can't coach clients. Cause I don't have enough trainings or certifications or whatever it is versus hey we're actually we have something of value always um carrie what do you want we the time is like flown by what do you want to leave us with is there anything that you we haven't asked you that you want to share say yeah sure i think one of my biggest messages too other than you know taking control and empowering yourself to learn yourself and heal yourself and be the best version of yourself because you are your own best expert but is is also just that 
um, help, you know, take the stigma off of anything mental health wise or any things that we struggle with and talk about it and, and normalize, you know, that we all have issues, we all have struggles, and we all have things that we're working on and just talk about it with people encourage asking for help, you know, talk to your friends and family and say, this is the therapist I'm talking to. This is the coach that changed my life, like share and, and just take that stigma away for asking for help. And where can people find you? Where, where should people go? Are you on, do people go to Instagram, LinkedIn? Is it just your website? Where, where should people find you? Actually all three of those, I would say a lot of people do reach out on LinkedIn. Um, I don't know that direct link, but Carrie Leaf on LinkedIn. <laughs> um, and then yes, the CarrieLeaf.com website and at Carrie Leaf Coaching on Instagram. Very good. And of course, the book Therapize Yourself is available at Amazon or wherever fine books are sold, as well as on CarrieLeaf.com. Sorry, Alex, I didn't mean to step on you, but you needed some correction there. <laughs> Carrie, thank you so much for being with us. Uh, Alex, do you want to take us out? You want me to do it? What do you want to do? Go go for it. Take it. This run is how with we it. Party. You yeah. can still run, right? Clumsy. Wow. <laughs> All right. We can race. I think I think everybody's ready for that. Carrie Lee, thank you so much for the work you're doing in the world. And thanks for being with us today. Uh, uh, once again, that's Carrie Leaf, C-A-R-R-I-E-L-E-A-F.com. Alex Terranova is available on the Instagram. I understand it's very popular at Inspirational Alex or at the Dream mason.com my name is christopher mcauliffe and our show is brought to you this week as every week for the last 20 years uh by accomplishment coaching the home of the world's finest coach training program if you're interested in coach training or leadership development at a high level it's not for everyone but if you are check out accomplishmentcoaching.com i thank you dear listeners for being with us we will talk to you next week that's it for today's episode thanks for listening to the coaching show we will talk to you next week